0: This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. One Direction on phoenixradio.com.au. This is Spaced Out. And for our first ever show, we have a brand new segment. This is... Into the Universe with John T. Horner. Yes, each week we will be talking about an aspect of space with... Uh, USQ astrophysics professor John T. Horner and space expert. Do you remember the time where we considered our solar system to carry nine planets? Unfortunately for the smallest floating rock of them all, Pluto was demoted to a dwarf planet in 2006, and now every year on August 24th we celebrate Pluto Demotion Day. So that was yesterday. Joining us from the Toowoomba campus, as he will every week, is astrophysics professor John T. Horner. Good afternoon, Jonty, thanks heaps for joining me.
1: good afternoon, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, I want to ask you, Jonty, what makes a planet a planet? Well, it's one of those weird things
1: where, and we do it in all branches of science and in everything in day-to-day life, you have something that is a continuum. You have, I'll use humans as an example, we get older by one day per day, right? So today you're a day older than you were yesterday, and all the way through that you're a human being. But to make lives easier, we break our lives up into different packets, we compartmentalize them, you're a toddler, you're a child, you're a teenager, then comes a magical day where you wake up and on the stroke of midnight from one second to the next, you're suddenly legally able to drive. Yeah. You're not really any different to how you were before. But it's something that we do very much as humans, and certainly as scientists, is to take something where you have things of all sizes, of all shapes, and break them into manageable packets so that we can say, objects that are like this, adults, share, a set of common properties and we can study them better. Objects like this, teenagers are a bit different so we can model them differently. And that's what we do in astronomy. With the solar system, it's evolved over time as we've learned more and more things. Originally, the moon and the sun were called planets, going way back to the original origin of the name. And it's swings and roundabouts. In the early 1800s, an object called Ceres was discovered, and Ceres was considered a planet for about 130 years. Until it was finally demoted on the weight of the vast amount of evidence that it was far from alone, and it was just the biggest rock of a large collection between Mars and Jupiter. Then Pluto came along in 1930, and when we discovered it, we thought it was as big as the Earth. So it made sense to call it a planet. It was quite bright in the sky. But as time went on and people got better and better measurements, we realized it's actually pretty small and pokey. It's much smaller than the Moon. It's much less massive than the Moon. And we also found heaps of other objects that are a similar size or slightly smaller out in that same bit of space. And so suddenly Pluto looked a lot more like the other objects out there than it did the eight planets that we accept today. And those differences mounted up and mounted up until the point they became essentially undeniable. And we realised that Pluto is more like the other things out there than it is the objects we call the planets. So if we go back to the human analogy, Pluto's a bit like a teenager. It's not yet quite legally able to drive, but if you (laughs) see it from a distance, it's fairly big and gangly, and it it looks like an adult until you're up close and personal. And the really big difference is that it hasn't yet learned to clean its room. That's really the main reason
0: Pluto's not a planet. It doesn't clean up after itself. Right, and so um, is there a chance that it will learn to clean up after itself? It's a matter of time. See, Pluto
1: has a very weak gravitational pull because it's very small. Yeah. So it barely nudges and pushes things around. So it just doesn't have the wherewithal to clear objects away that share its path. It can't make it happen. But that's actually one of the concerns people have raised on the current definition of a planet is if you moved the Earth further yep. and further away from the Sun, the time it would take the Earth to clean up would get longer and longer because its orbit would take longer to complete and eventually you'd reach a distance from the sun where the earth could not have cleared up after itself even by now four and a half thousand million years into the edge of the solar system so technically if you put the earth far enough from the sun with the current definition it would become a dwarf planet as well because it would fail that criterion and so this is something that will continue to evolve in the coming years, but really for me, I kind of celebrate Pluto demotion day because it was a triumph of science over kind of empathy and compassion and, you know, sympathetic feelings for the past. Pluto should never have been a planet. Unlike Ceres, that correction has been made on the basis of science and people are upset until they forget, you know, until enough
0: time has passed that those who thought it was a planet
1: are no longer with us.
0: Yep. Yeah, right. And I just wanted to ask you quickly, Jonty, about it seems a great time at the moment at night time when we look up and we, we see the stars. There seems to be a lot to look at. What, um, is, it a, is it a special time at the moment and what, what can we see in the sky when we look up?
1: Well, we're really blessed here in South East Queensland with some really good dark skies and we're near enough the equator we get to see a lot of the Northern Hemisphere as well as the Southern Hemisphere objects. We had a beautiful full moon the other night, which is, I'm not a fan of the full moon because it gets in the way of everything else. <laughs> it was really spectacular. Yeah, But in the evening sky, if you're out, Pretty much immediately after sunset, the first thing that you'll see as the sky darkens is a bright light high in the sky to the west, and that's Venus. And Venus is probably the single biggest source of UFO reports on the planet. Right. People see it. it doesn't look like a star. There's something weird going on. It looks like it's moving. People call it a UFO. It's actually a planet. Yeah. Low down on the horizon, if you've got really good eyesight or binoculars, you might just pick up Mars, but Mars is pretty much lost in twilight. But you'd certainly pick up Mercury tonight. And for about a week around now, it's briefly peeking its head above the horizon before dipping down again. If you turn around and look to the east, you've got Jupiter and Saturn really bright in the eastern sky. In the, you know, rising in the east in the evening. Nearly overhead around midnight, setting just before dawn. And they're pretty spectacular. Good to point a telescope at if you've got them. So tonight's actually one of those rare occasions where you can go out, say, at 6 p.m., and if you're really good and can pick where you're looking, you have the potential to see all five of the naked eye planets: yeah. Mercury and Venus interior to us, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn on the outside. But Mars is a real push at the minute.
0: Yeah, well, that's awesome. Thanks for Jonti. I'll definitely keep an eye out. Thank you for your time today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to hear what you have have for us next week. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was Dr. Jonti Horner, astrophysics professor at the University of Southern Queensland. You're listening to Spaced Out on Phoenix Radio. It is 1.27, which means it is time for another song. This is Dean Lewis with Falling Up.